0: I'm I'm very angry. I'm very, very angry. The reason is to why is because there's very, very silly people saying that you should invest into China because it's the next superpower. It's not the next superpower sunshine. Look, if I'm wrong on this, I will openly come out with a sad thumbnail face and explain the sadness and, and, and my sorrow for being wrong on China. I don't think I will be. And the reason as to why isn't because of the stupid arguments you've heard in the past about Xi Jinping or COVID lockdowns. I'm going to touch upon that, but fundamentally there is an underlying reason as to why you cannot invest into China. And that is based on human organization. People don't understand the importance of human organization. I think very importantly there are a few principles in life in which underline. And are at the foundation of everything that we do as humans. Microeconomics, game theory, incentive structures, human organization. By definition, a team, a society, a nation is solely the collection of individuals towards, towards a set goal. Therefore, simply by definition, the way in which those, or, those humans are organized and structured leads to the best outcome. Within China, inevitably, there is a current hideous incentive alignment system in which is skewed towards internal politics and gossiping in comparison to hard, smart work. And we're going to touch upon those momentarily. Fundamentally, Unlike the Western boy oh boy, the West is not perfect, but by definition, China has an incentive structure, hideous system. Game theory is skewed within China, and therefore you cannot invest. I don't care if Buffett invested. I don't care. I don't care if Munger invested. I have my own opinion. I think my own opinion is right. As I stated, if I'm wrong on China, I will openly come out with a sad emoji, sad sad kind of thumbnail face emoji, etc. And and I'll I'll say I was wrong. I'll apologize live on it. I'll donate hundreds of millions of dollars to China. Because the bottom line is, I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm wrong on this. I don't think I'm wrong, and the events in the past few hours have just kind of reinforced my view that China is uninvestable, baby. It's uninvestable. You can't do it. Now, this is not to say that good companies cannot be be built in China. This is not my point. However, there is a clear disincentivization of radical technological improvement, which is going to disrupt the fabric of society. What amazing, you know, history actually tells us something incredibly important. I'm going to do a follow-up video. Indicating my views, because there's something called Needham's Question, I studied this for many, many years, Needham's Question asked, why in the world did all of the radical technologies, scientific breakthroughs, why did the scientific revolution come from the West, despite the fact that China was far and ahead hundreds and hundreds of years when it came to astronomy, science, educational reforms, so on and so forth. China was ahead sunshine for many, many years, but unfortunately, due to, as I'm going to suggest, the poor incentive alignment system and the poor game theory, the poor human organization innately, apparent within China, China did not win. The West won when it came to structural radical innovations and overall the scientific revolution. So you can think this is numble jumble. This is historically based. This is based in game theory, as we're going to speak about in just one moment. A quote from Naval, in which really highlights my point as I touched upon just moments ago. Study, microeconomics, game theory, psychology, persuasion, ethics, mathematics, computers. This is a quote from Naval, a very interesting philosophical man. I do love him dearly. And you can see at the core of all societies and humanity, there are a key few principles. Now, this is my very contrarian view in which many people are not going to like, I may be wrong on this. In five years time, once again, I'll upload a video saying I was wrong with a very sad face uh, within the, the thumbnail. I'll say that openly on air. I don't think I'm wrong. I think investing is more a matter of art and philosophy in comparison to solely financials. People investing in China now are just looking at the undervaluation. Maybe there's a reason why it's undervalued. You cannot solely look at financials within a vacuum when you invest. Investing, business, by definition, is the combination of art and philosophy. Therefore, you have to, as an investor, approach business within that sense, I believe. Very contrarian. People are going to be very pissed off at me, but I think it's the truth. The reasons to why the quote by Naval that I just read has validity is because these principles make up the basis for human interaction, psychology, and information flows. And I'm going to... And I'm going to argue in just the next few moments that investing within China is ridiculous based on the incentive alignment system and game theory in which is heavily, heavily skewed towards ridiculousness, to put it very simply. As I stated, very fluently, very lovely, a company, a nation, a team, a society is solely the matter of humans towards a set goal. It's the collection of humans towards a set goal. Therefore, by definition, these are lessons from Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs failed at Apple multiple times. Steve Jobs failed at NXT multiple times. Steve Jobs was a big failure until he learned this lesson. This was one of human organization. Steve Jobs famously stated, the role of a leader is to solely be a gardener. It's not to be a dictator. It's to tend to the information flows. And the same applies for nations. Once you understand this principle, you will understand that investing within China is not possible. Just put it really simply. So within an organization, within a team, within a nation, the ways in which structure is aligned towards good incentives, the way in which game theory is implemented is fundamental. Uh, Peter Thiel says very famously that Every successful company is the condition of monopolistic practices. I have a twist on this. Every successful company is solely the function of good human organization. Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, they all have one thing in common. They have a PhD in human organization and human engineering. That is what they've said many, many times. Elon Musk is great at organizing humans. He is great at game theory. This is what Elon Musk is great at. Same with all of these amazing leaders and the same applies for nations. So just to kind of start this off, because I think it's fairly comical, to say the least. Um, everyone's like, invest into China. And I was one of those guys a few years ago. I thought China was amazing. Until I learned this. China, look at the COVID lockdowns right now. You really want to invest into this radical dictatorship which is in lately skewed towards failure. Do you really want to invest into this baby? No, you don't. Let's look at these radical COVID lockdowns to give us some context. Oh, <laughs> hello. Rydalio, Sunshine, do you really think that this nation in which the citizens hate the government, they hate them? Why would you like a government that forces you to lock down while drones are flying around your apartment telling you to stay inside? Why would you invest within a nation in which has such bad game theory implementations? You wouldn't and you shouldn't. So the first reason as to why China is Uninvestable is based on incentive structures and the tyrannical government in China will take the project away in which disincentivizes radical technological breakthrough. That is the first point put very, very succinctly. Fundamentally, incentives matter. Incentives matter far more than you believe. Incentive structures lay at the foundation of humans and what we do as a society, as a nation, as a globe. And therefore, within China, I believe that these incentives are majorly, majorly skewed. What do I mean by this? Well, let me tell you a story of Pfizer. Made up story that I made, very brilliant story. Imagine you are a middle manager at Pfizer. You attend a meeting to evaluate a project, an early stage new drug. Like every stage, new, early idea, it has some warts. Some vital experiments have not yet been done or have been done very poorly. Keynote speakers at the conference dismiss your idea, but you like the idea. Something captures your imagination. What do you do? You have two main decisions. You could pound the table, make a case, and begin a slog up the ladder. With each meeting of each committee, you might be turned down. But suppose you win that battle and the next few, you might make it all the way to the top of the ladder. And perhaps you may get a go-ahead, a green light from the management to go ahead with this new idea. The next seven years are going to be spent surviving three deaths of each innovation. Every time the project stumbles, people are going to bury you and your project. They want your budget. They want you out the way. And the odds are that this loon shot is not going to succeed. An outstanding new drug may achieve $50 billion in annual sales within the first years of launch. However, for your 100,000-person company, this is moving the needle very, very slightly. If the project does succeed, even with that tiny percentage benefit, 99,999 other people are going to be rushing in to claim credit. If it fails, 99,999 people are going to be pointing at you laughing. When your project fails, these individuals are going to mention those early stage warts that you dismissed. They're going to call you a fool, and maybe you, you might even lose your job. Or, on the other hand of the debate, you could just dismiss the idea, even even though you believe it has some potential. You could just play politics with your boss and get a percentage pay rise, and maybe even... Once you get this percentage pay rise, once you play this status game, then maybe you can even look towards another organization and get an even higher pay rise. So which choice do you choose? Obviously, you dismiss the innovation. You dismiss this new idea, this new drug at Pfizer, in which is has the potential to transform medicine. Why? Well, because incentives are skewed towards internal politics in comparison to hard, smart work. So which option do you choose, to put it very simply? The seven-year slog with a 1% chance of success or... Option 2, the franchise project and the political pursuit with good odds of a 30% pay bump. Dismissal of the loon shot, dismissal of the innovation at Pfizer within this scenario is the obvious, obvious choice. The same applies within China, very, very simply. The reason is to why is because as an individual, you're going to slog away thousands and thousands of hours, seven years of your life, whilst people ridicule you, they call you a fool, they say you're stupid, they say it's never going to work, and when it does start to fail, when you do experience the three deaths of every major innovation, then they start to take your budget, then they want your pie, then they call you a fool, whilst your family, your friends are all saying, why are you doing this? You could just get a normal job, you could just play the easy game. And on top of this, there's a tiny, tiny percentage chance of success and even if you do succeed it may not even be as big as you expected but then to top it off and to make my point very very clear only then after a seven year slog only then after you totally have failed continuously but you kept going you kept going only then after the 1% chance of success then guess what happens the chinese government comes in takes your takes your your pie takes your project takes your technology to put it very simply the chinese government comes in the Wraith of the Chinese Government comes in and takes away your organisation. They want it to themselves. So after you started this World Revolutionary business, after you spent 7 years slogging away within China, you experience the Wraith of the Chinese Government in which take away this revolutionary business prematurely. How lovely! So, the point that I'm making is, from my perspective, the incentive alignment system within China is innately skewed. Why put yourself through all of this pain only to experience the wrath of the Chinese government take away your project upon completion? This is not to say that good projects cannot be built in China. This is not to say that there are not good businesses within China. Of course there are. But this is to say that holistically, generally, incentives within China are skewed. Incentives for the pursuit the breakthrough of the radical technology in which is going to dis- disrupt the fabric of society is innately skewed. China disincentivizes radical technological breakthrough from a very holistic perspective. Furthermore, to add to my argument, there is a lack of flow of information within China. As I stated, incentives matter within organization and the flow of information is key to ensure success. In China, I'm going to argue once again, this is not a possibility. For successful nations, companies, and societies, the use of disagreement, dialogue, and discussion is necessary. Without this, one unfortunately lives within an echo chamber. The case that I'm making is, in order for radical technological breakthroughs to succeed, there must be constant disagreement, dialogue, and the pursuit of the truth. In China, this is commonly not the case, I have to say. Jack Ma provides a perfect example. You know, it's kind of funny in China. All of the billionaires want to get out after they make their riches. They want to get out, wonder why. Well, let's look at this case. Jack Ma provides a very good example. And after the technology billionaire spoke out and said something just slightly mild against the Chinese government, just something very, very mild against the Chinese government, guess what happened? He was locked away, people didn't know where he was for months, and perhaps I acknowledged the fact that the media spinned this and made it into something unnecessary. However, fundamentally, the point remains. The bottom line is, in China, when you disincentivize dialogue, when you disincentivize discussion, unfortunately, once again, this restricts the ability to create meaningful technological breakthrough, which is going to disrupt the fabric of society. Instead, I believe that this incentivizes internal politics and gossip in zero-sum status games in comparison to hard and meaningful work. Not saying that people in China don't work hard, obviously, but understand my point. Through this innately tyrannical structure of politics within China, it incentivizes internal gossip in comparison to hard work. This is especially true within the government. However, it also ripples throughout the nation, and thus impacts the flow of information. Let's look at this video. Uh, to get my point very very clear. This is Xi Jinping, the wonderful dictator of China, and his commentary uh, and actions that were very very obvious, very very conspicuous. Let's see. this, what we just saw ripples across the whole nation within China, the power is within the hands of one man. Why speak out? Why make a contrarian view? Why try and pursue the truth when it could get you into trouble? Instead, what are you going to do? You're going to play lovely political games or a status sum games, in which I hate by the way. I think they're disastrous. Instead, specifically within government, however, also rippled across the whole nations is the incentivization of internal gossip and politics in comparison to hard work. As I stated, why be a contrarian? Why speak out? Why pursue something meaningful, something different from the norm, in full knowledge that this can have disastrous consequences? Does it make sense? As a nation, what I'm arguing is that this lack of information flow and the innately skewed political system in which ripples across the whole nation of China is really, really disastrous and holistically is going to lead to inferior outcomes over the long run, I believe. Now another area that i want to touch upon is talent and the reasons to why is because talent is incredibly incredibly important if there's a cab driver two cab drivers johnny and sunshine johnny is 10 percent better than sunshine can you notice the difference no offense to cab drivers but can you notice the difference no 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 there is a very very little difference between a 10 percent better ca- taxi driver in comparison to, to sunshine do you understand what i'm saying in technology however this is totally totally differentiated in technology a 5% improvement, a 10% improvement within certain employees in comparison to the average is going to result in exponential growth for that specific organization. This is why organizations within the tech scene spend so, 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 so much cash, stock-based compensation on the best employees because as as I stated at the start, organizations, teams, companies are solely the function of humans towards a set goal. Therefore, by definition, the talent, the ways in which those humans are organized leads to the best outcomes. Literally and fascinatingly within technology, the top 1% of talent creates literally Literally, literally, all of the value. It will blow your brains. According to McKinsey, there is a dramatic relationship between high performers and average performers. The, the productivity gap between low performers and high performers is shown below. The most staggering statistic of them all is the fact that very high complexity jobs. There is an 800 percent difference in productivity between average and high performers. When translated across a whole organisation, evidently there is a rapid increase within pro- productivity if the talent is exceptional. And well. Very comically, actually, it turns out that the best talent in the world does not want to, for some reason, work for a tyrannical dictator who locks down citizens regularly and uses surveillance, very personal surveillance, forces COVID jams regularly into the arm. For some reason, the best talent in the world does not want to work for a radical dictatorship. This, my people, my friends, my family, this, I really, really do believe, is going to be the downfall of China, the poor incentive alignment system the fact that the best talent in the world does not want to work for a radical dictatorship. Furthermore, and reiterated again, why would the best talent in the world want to work for China, work within China with full knowledge, as I stated that after the product has been somewhat completed, The Chinese government are going to take away the project prematurely and ensure that they have a stake in the in in the project. It's like no, no, no. The best hunter in the world does not want to do that. They want to work within the U.S. They want to work within democratic states, which have an incentive aligned towards capitalistic principles and have incentives aligned towards success and towards meaning in comparison to radical dictatorships. This is the innate advantage that democratic states have over dictatorships and tyrants. I believe so. As I stated, when one replicates these principles of human organization. Game theory, talent, holistically, very generally across an organization, across China, for example, this leads to an incredibly skewed system. Once again, and I think the most important thing you could take away for the whole day within this video is the fact that companies, nations, and societies are solely the collection of humans towards a set goal. Therefore, by definition, the ways in which those humans are organized, the ways in which those humans are structured, the ways in which those humans are incentivized, ways in which game theory is applied within an organization, society, or nation, is funder, funder, fundamental towards the success. I really believe this. So, as I stated, this is a very generalized approach um, that lays at the foundation of China. There are exceptions for this rule. For example, within the government in the US, there was a specific department that was created for radical innovations. Long story short, without boring you, this organization within the specific department of the U.S. government literally created Siri. They created some of the most important radical innovations, such as the radar during World War II, in which led to amazing, amazing, amazing implications for Britain, resulting ultimately in the defeating of the Nazis. So what I'm saying is that there are exceptions, there are the abilities for China perhaps to have a similar department which is solely focused on innovations. However, fundamentally, as a society, I believe that holistically, generally, these principles remain. to fundamental reasons as to why you cannot invest into china so let me know your thoughts and your commentary do you agree with me do you disagree with me i'm very open to changing changing my mind even though i come across as slightly cocky sometimes it's just part of the act but in reality i do fundamentally believe that china is currently uninvestable and unless game theory changes unless these incentives change unless the tyrants change at the leadership of china then i don't think i'll ever be investing within this nation